welcome back to Mad Yet Mighty. I'm your host, Megan Cipollone. What the hell's going on? I'll tell you what's going on. I've enjoyed a nice little glass, as I sometimes do, enjoying a nice little glass of red. Sometimes you have to just dance in your family room to the Jonas Brothers just to like shake it off, right? Just at the end of the day to just kind of get yourself. And what I mean, what I mean is, I'm going to be quite frank, there's no way of hiding this. My last couple of weeks have been absolutely batshit crazy. And we've changed our seasons and we are getting our time change and we're catching up and people are starting to feel the, the weather change and it is just, I don't know how many more times I can say change, but I might. So just get a little ticker out at the bottom of your corner and start ticking the times I say change. There's a lot of change going on in the air and you know what, that's okay, but change is known to make people a little batshit crazy. So in light of that, I will digress a little bit later. I wanted to take a hot memento, and by a hot memento, I wanted to come on and discuss a movie that I saw recently. And by recently, (laughs) it was a bit ago. It just felt right and just came right off the tongue. About a movie that I saw... And actually had this like great, this great moment with this movie. And for those of you who know me, know that all of my great moments come when it comes to movies or what show or what have you. I had a really cool experience with this movie that I'm about to talk about. And I'm also going to talk about the experience and also talk about the backstory. And I just cannot wait. And the reason why I went and saw this movie, I actually was privileged and invited by one of my best friends to go and see a private premiere screening of the movie, The Peanut Butter Falcon. And now this has been quite some time ago because I do, if I can remember correctly, it was when I didn't have to worry about wearing a coat, which has just now been recently. Hello, November. Hello, Arctic freeze. I digress. But it was back when times were a different time, when you could walk outside and not feel like you had to tense and not feel like you had to worry about getting to your car. I mean, it was just such a better time. Anyways, back to the back to the beautiful place. We went and were, well, she was invited because actually her uncle was one of the writer-producers of, anyways, we will get into all of that. So, of the Peanut Butter Falcon. So, went to this very cute theater that is local the Marymount Theater for all my Ohio peeps. And it's this, just to kind of paint the picture for anyone who's like, yeah, don't know what that is. And that's way too insular. Well, sorry. Paint the picture. It's in this old, this kind of charming little small picket fence subdivision town. And everything, quite frankly, looks like 
a gingerbread house or has that very kind of like Swedish I don't even know if that would make sense. Is anyone getting like a Swedish snow lodge, but that kind of feel? Just a little old, charming, little, small, very bland, vanilla, manila, but still cute neighborhood with a cute little movie theater that they've rehabbed. And we took a Sunday afternoon and I went with her and she was like, hey, my... um." My uncle is premiering this movie that he, you know, wrote the screenplay for, blah, 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 blah. Do you want to come? And I'm like, uh, d- 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 duh. So obviously had seen the trailer and the Peanut Butter Falcon is starring, does star, Shia LaBeouf and Zach and his name, his last name, Zach Gottsagen. So for me, right off the bat, I'm totally obsessed with Shia LaBeouf, grew up with Shia LaBeouf, even Stevens, can I get a amen? But besides even Stevens, really just always loved Shia because I felt the kind of actor, I just always felt emotion from Shia, like even in Holes. I mean, come on, let's go back to Holes. I, I was always connected with Shia and I feel like anyone who grew up in that time period was connected with Shia but Holes came out and I mean even in I mean and Holes is a great movie don't let's let's not even diss on Holes for two seconds because Holes ruled my life I had a poster of Holes in my bedroom I know the entire ridiculous rap at the end of Holes a two shoes, two tokens a hand. I got no respect because I'm the new man. I mean, don't even get me started because I will fucking finish it. I mean, Shia LaBeouf can do no wrong. Transformers, great in Transformers. Eagle Eye, hello. Eagle Eye, Lawless. Don't, oh baby, Disturbia. Disturbia. I still watch Disturbia till this very day. I watch it consistently. Love it. The Cipollonis love Disturbia. It's on repeat. And I, not even, okay, Fury. Fury that came out with Brad Pitt. I could go on. Shia LaBeouf has an insane repertoire. Like he has great blockbuster movies. What I find fascinating about him is that he has this rap, right? Shia LaBeouf, bad boy who freaks out, you know, off the deep end, kooky Shia LaBeouf. And I want to just say, just because somebody is, and I, once again, let's look deeper, people. This is what I like doing. This is what we do. We deep dive behind these actors. We deep dive and we get into the parts and we get into the background and we get into the story. I'm so excited. Shia LaBeouf is an insanely emotionally charged being who chose to be an actor for a reason, for a purpose. This guy, he, yeah, started on Disney Channel. I feel like a lot of people feel like they're stunted when they start on Disney Channel. However, I feel like it really gave him a springboard and a platform. And I think he has an insanely great repertoire. I feel like he, like any other child actor, Disney actor, was subjected to insane pressures, Pressures that I know we're all feeling, and I think pressures that when you feel it at a younger age already, so the insane social media pressures that we are all feeling all today on a daily basis, when you're feeling that as a child actor on the Disney Channel, I, and I mean, I, 
like we can't even get into like specific mindsets here like that's a whole crazy deep deep diving shit that I'm not a part of but I will deep dive into these actors and we will deep dive about their roles Shia LaBeouf we have to understand something about Shia as we go into the peanut butter falcon Shia LaBeouf is an insane actor who does not get in my opinion enough credit I think he's phenomenal. I think when you watch him in inner, when I see him in interviews, he is so. One thing you can see, he's just super fidgety. He's super fidgety and not even super fidgety. Okay, not super fidgety, but watching him, he's just. You can tell that there's a lot going on there. So I, and I have always been Team Shia. I have always been. Like, he's not lost it. Just let the kid and just let the guy just go and do what he wants to do and experience. And I don't even really think he did anything bad. You, you know, I think it might have been a little bit of a, probably an alcohol, like a deet, like, was there something like that? I don't know. It was light. And I'm not saying that alcoholism and we, I'm not, what is light? But the guy didn't go off and just completely fucking lose his mind. I feel like he's kind of... And even so, I mean, he was a child. He was a child that had to grow up and a child that I think is also so insanely, when you listen to him, he's so insanely intelligent when he talks. And that's why I'm obsessed with him. I I watched interviews and just like drooled and fell in love with him of how he talks about his role, which makes, (laughs) that's like my favorite, that's my favorite thing and to hear him do that. So knowing that about Shia, Shia being this emotionally charged actor, when I found out he was in this movie, I was like, okay, I'm already sold. You don't have to say another freaking word to me about the movie. I saw the trailer. I then find, and then to come to find out, it's produced by the same producers of Little Miss Sunshine. And if you have not seen Little Miss Sunshine, you are sadly missing out on a era or a, a coming of age, a discovery of time such a warm-hearted, great movie that put that down in your homework right now. My, your homework from me. Your homework from me that I require you to do if you have never seen Little Miss Sunshine is to go watch it. It is starring Tony Collette. It is starring Steve Carell. It is starring, and I'm so sorry. My God, am I, I'm, I was on it and I was pro and I was Abigail Breslin, which I already knew, but then Greg, Greg Kinnear. Thank you. God, I'm good. Greg Kinnear. Um, Alan Arkin, a bunch of other actors, a really warm, heartfelt family coming of coming of age, coming of time, discovery, um, a journey, a, 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 a journey pick, which I'm a big fan of, which is over the course of the movie, the characters are actually going on a journey and you're going on it with them, which is like the peanut butter falcon. And I saw the trailer and I was like, I'm absolutely in. Let's go. So we go to the premiere and it's super cool. You know, everyone who there is industry, there's a couple of industry people there. A 120% you will not even believe. And I have a connection to this story and I'm going to tell this quick story, bookmark it, and we're going to jump back in. Justin, the lame blonde nobody likes you from 98 Degrees was there because... And I have a connection to him because I used to work at a salon that was his salon. And he came in one day and I absolutely just lost my mind because I was like, this man has made his career on being the most least or not the most least. I should have even said that. I should just say the least desirable 98 degrees member. 
I'm sorry. I'm sure he's a great guy. I'm sure his wife was really pretty. But so I was a little bit starstruck, but not really because I had already seen him in the salon and he had already made it apparent. Like he, he talks about the fact that he, he's from 98 Grace, which you know what? And rightfully so. Rightfully so. He, Justin, I think his name's Justin. I don't know because nobody gives a fuck about him. He was there. But I was just like in my moment, I was, I was just so excited. So we watched the movie and y'all, it's got 95% on Rotten Tomatoes. And this is also part two of your homework that you need to go and for my recommendation and see and watch Peanut Butter Falcon. It's now out. So it was... It's what you call like an indie film. So it was more low budget. It wasn't like a super mainstream movie. It was, you know, a collective group of people who came and put together. And it wasn't like this big box office budget hardcore film. And with that, so you'll release these movies. And that's why you're probably like, oh, you know, some people, you know, don't hear of them. Or you don't hear of them until they come out. This actually was previewing and trailering on TV that at least I saw. And also because of my... Um, a nutty little mind I was already on top of it saw it somewhere then when I was asked if I wanted to go see a little pri- private premiere screening I was like are you kidding me and so let's talk about the movie let's talk about the story I'm not gonna like I, I'm not gonna spoil or ruin but I am going to discuss and I am going to give you some background because it's an awesome movie and everyone should go and watch it. it. You can watch it with family. You can watch it. You know, it's not awkward. There's not going to be any scenes. Take it from somebody who will leave the room, who has been known to leave friends in the family room with their parents when the making of love scene is on and Shakespeare in love. Like, this bitch is just awkward. I've gotten a little bit better as I get into my ripened age of 28. I've gotten a little bit better about sitting in the family room while, like, people are having sex on the TV. And isn't that sad? But I am just, like, I will either, like, sit there and just be absolutely, like, completely mortified or I will leave the room or I will, like, pretend that I'm, like, checking my phone when there's nothing on my phone and I'm just, like, Lord, kill me and get me out of here. So there's none there's none of that. So you can rest assured that you can watch this with absolutely anyone. And for those of you who've seen Little Miss Sunshine, you understand what I'm saying with this movie. It's it's a journey picture. So we're sitting down and we're sitting down with these characters and we're going to go on. a We're going on a we're going to go on a physical journey with them. And we're also going to go on a spiritual and emotional journey with them. And by golly, we do. So let's set the scene. Let's set the scene for all you beautiful, beautiful viewers. The Peanut Butter Falcon is a story about a man who has Down syndrome. And he's been left to live in a nursing home. He's an an orphan. So he's living in a nursing home just allowing his days to go by and he's he's younger he's I would say Zach is probably in his I'd say 20s and I probably as the you know hard-cutting journalist as I am probably should have looked it up maybe even early 30s and so let's kind of get into our main character which is Zach Zach who is our leading man who does have Down syndrome and is played by 
Zach in real life, Zach um, Gottsagen. And the background story of it is, is David Thies, who was one of the creators of the Peanut Butter Falcon script, actually saw Zach has been a child actor, therefore has been producing He's been in actually a lot in the in the in the industry so much that there was a documentary that was put out that was called Becoming Bulletproof and that documentary was starring Zach and it was about a group of disabled Americans that take part in a production of a costume drama western movie which actually the concept sounds so adorable and I have not seen it though do and after learning more about actually what that was about would love to watch that but they saw Zach and they saw him in the role and I do actually believe that the co-writer and this has been some time so please forgive me the co-writer David Thies was actually my friend's uncle but his co-writer anyways worked with actually worked with Zach because there was an exchange with Zach where he then looked at them and said, you need to write me a movie. And I think that was the really cool thing that I took away was just my favorite part about movies is the actors. And my favorite part about actors is and being an actor and had practice in acting was learning about their experience while they were making the movie more so than the movie and hearing about how Zach impacted everyone on set and impacted Shia and then impacted Dakota Johnson who is the leading lady in the Peanut Butter Falcon and Dakota Johnson starred in Fifty Shades and I feel terrible that that's the movie that I'm going to reference her because that's quite frankly the movie that I know her from Dakota Johnson Zach they called it like the Zach effect he was and is this energy and is this light and is this authentic truth and when they were approached by him on set of his of the bulletproof documentary he looked at them and both said and said to them write me a movie you know write me a script where as they were kind of like compliment you know they had gone up to him they had compliments and Zach you're you know you're great and and there was and that was his response and like every but he was such this light and such this joy and such this pure honest truth and he just lives that's what everyone said about him he just lives in his truth so no matter who he touched everyone around him softened that's actually one of the really cool pieces and quotes that I read that Shia and even from when David did the who was the writer who was putting on the the screening who was leading the screening they put on a Q&A and they talked about Shia and Zach's relationship on this movie and their relationship prior and what they did and the time they spent together, which we will absolutely get all into. But back to, and I'm diving around and already getting into like specifics, but let's just go back to what the movie is about. So it's about... Um, a young man named Zach who is living in this nursing home and he's watching wrestling. He's watching the same wrestling tape over and over and over again on TV. And he's living with his roommate who's played by Bruce Dern, who was an absolute classic, an absolute 
um, film treasure who's been in more films to count that now has children that's in the industry. Zach is sitting in his room and he's watching this wrestling tape and he wants to be a wrestler and he and he's young and he is just watching watching everyone around him in this nursing home and realizing that this is not the place for him. And his caretaker, who's played by Dakota Johnson, she's this empathetic, warm, caring maternal character who is there and is is obviously friends with Zach and watches over Zach and realizes that, you know, Zach is maybe feeling, has a right to feel this imprisoned feeling that he's feeling. And because of his disability, he is doesn't have any other choice that he is he is their care and he has to remain there at the nursing home from however his backstory was that I do not remember that absolute specific but his backstory had brought him to the nursing home and him and he has grown relationships with Bruce Dern his roommate and Dakota Johnson and he then decides that he's going to break out and he's going to to go and live and try to find this wrestling academy that this homemade wrestling tape that he's been watching. He's going to go and find find the academy, be a wrestler, and essentially live his life that he wants to live. And it's this really warm, feel-good kind of almost has a little bit of grit too, a touch of it, just this real kind of rawness that I love that you get when you're watching an independent film because of the budget. It already kind of has that that feel to it, you know, that more like you're already there, you're already vulnerable, you're already you're all <laughs> you're already raw. And so it just kind of instantly I was just kind of like melting in my seat this is all things that I absolutely love in a movie and it's about Zach's escape and then meeting up with his outlaw buddy Tyler played by Shia LaBeouf who is experiencing his own obvious arc his character arc who his story the show the movie actually is opened with Shia on crabbing boats because it takes place the movie takes place in Georgia however it was filmed in South Florida so we get all of that really green water bay coastal beach vibes which already kind of gives you that comfortable vibe when you're when you're looking and you're watching and you're living kind of in a beach town at least for me that is so when the movie brings up and it's got that bayou kind of music and we're seeing Shia on these crab boats and he's crabbing, you just kind of get this dirty, gritty feel. You know, he's in this white t-shirt, he's grungy. And that's one thing that I love about Shia LaBeouf. The one thing that I could just die for is that man, I'm obsessed with him. I I guess it's just coming out right now that I, I am very much attracted to him. <laughs> I think he's amazing. I've been attracted to him since he's been a curly head twit in Even Stevens. Even Stevens movie, Beans, Aaron, Garen, what have you. His parents were aliens. I don't know if you're following along with me, but if you are, God bless your soul. 
but back to Shia. So we're bringing up and Shia's bringing and dishing us this like just he's and he's actually doing the crabbing. The really cool thing about Shia is a month before shooting. So a month it took 45 days to shoot the peanut butter falcon and a month before Shia LaBeouf, Dakota Johnson and Zach all came together and lived together and it was that prep month, that prep month of everyone getting into their roles, doing a lot of that scene work, that kind of locked in, locked in the room together, living with each other, knowing each other. And the really cool thing about Shia LaBeouf is, is that for that month, he would wake up at 4 a.m. every single morning and he would actually go out crabbing. He would go on the boats. He would do it all. He did the entire thing. And it was really cool to kind of hear him talk about his process and just kind of he is so character, character driven. And something that I also find extremely fascinating about Shia LaBeouf is that he said in an said in an interview that he doesn't look for movies. He was asked how he finds movies that he wants to do. And he replied back that he he's like, he's like, I don't basically was like, I don't give a shit about plot. He's like, I don't want plot. I, I approach and look for characters and look for interesting character driven roles that move him. And he's like, plot doesn't interest me. Plot's boring. And I actually think that that's a fascinating view because as I've come to start noticing with how much content we're all consuming and for I'm me, for I'm consuming on a day-to-day basis, I'm having it a very hard time connecting with shows and connecting with storylines and connecting with characters because we are binging them at such a high rate. We are not processing what we were actually watching. So we're watching five episodes in a night. We go to bed, we wake up. I'm not even going to lie to you. Sometimes I can't even fucking remember what I watched. So I just thought it was very interesting that Shia said said that because it almost kind of like made me kind of made me think to myself and I was like, you know what? That makes so much sense because the things that I've been attracted to recently, I myself am just like wanting and loving just character, character-based stories where I can, why? Here's the answer. Because we connect to that. We want to feel connection, right? So I just loved what he absolutely said. So he was drawn because he was drawn to the character. So knowing that he's going down, he's doing all of this prep work. I think that's one of the most things that I'm obsessed with. And once again, that's what doing, you know, the role of the actor, as I said, and I've said in the last podcast talking about, you know, all of the Jokers, we, or the actors who play the Jokers, to the normal folk, we clocking into us is clocking in, you know, maybe getting on the email, getting on the computer and whatever, clocking into the actor is immersing yourself in environment is immersing yourself in day-to-day activity, day-to-day process of what that actual person would be doing. It's the most, and I've, <laughs> I can feel that. And I know it might sound like I can feel that. I have not ever been on a movie set. However, man, there's nothing more exhilarating. And just like, just knowing that is so cool, right? Knowing that they're down there, but they all went down there and spent time together. And 
I even remember back to when I actually was at the premiere and afterwards when they were doing the Q&A process. They were talking about Shia, Shia's and Zach's, mainly Shia and Zach's relationship. People were asking questions about that and and how Shia has been so open about saying that Zach has soft working with Zach, he said, has been a life changing experience. He said showing up to work every single day with a man and an actor who is so truly and authentically and cannot pretend or cannot be anything other than so honest and truthful all the time. Guess what? That's the ultimate goal of an actor. It's truth. It's truth because for us or for them to have truth, that means that we're actually able to fool the audience, to fool the viewer. Truth is what an actor strives for. So when you're faced with truth as your scene partner, as working across from someone who is so pure and so present and so loving and caring as everyone describes Zach to be. And when you watch interviews and when you watch him in the Peanut Butter Falcon, they said that that is Zach. That is him. That is how he is. And everyone around him is just instantly softened. Shia said literally that he softened. He softened me. And I just was like, God, this can this guy be even cooler? Can this guy be even freaking cooler to be this emotionally upfront with it? And he went on to say that he had like he Shia said that he has this really cynical view. He was raised on The Simpsons and he was raised on what did he say? Led Zeppelin. He said, I think he said I was raised on Led Zeppelin and The Simpsons. And he's like, I just have this really cynical view and look on life. And he said that Zach has this softening effect. And that working with him, working with him, he said he he doesn't want to take any any of the credit, any of the credit. He was like it, working with Zach was almost was very intimidating to him because he said that Zach is a human lie detector. And he said in scene work, if something were to be delivered that wasn't authentic or was not true, apparently Zach would go off. But he also said, too, if he was delivering something and Zach burped mid-scene, he would go off of that. And they ended up going with Zach. With, so all of these stories and everything that you hear, it just he, it sounded like on set it was just what an actor dreams of. This experience of in all of them vocally – um, Shia LaBeouf, Zach Goatsagan, and Dakota Johnson said that they got to a place where it was a family. It was a family. It was an experience where filming, they they had left everything out on the table with one another and spent that month together and spent time every every single day. Shia said he would wake up at 4 a.m. He would go crabbing. He would go home. And in the day, Dakota would take Zach and they would go to get pedicures. And he was like, while they were going and doing maternal things, I was... I would go and I would go and I would separate myself and I would go crab. And he's like, and I would come home and we would hang out and we would just be and we would just scene work and we would just talk and we became the best of friends and love and trusted and then therefore it was just so easy to make this movie it was just working they all said you know Dakota Johnson saying working with Zach what shattered her she said it shattered her because 
you go in with prep, you go into what you think this character is going to be, and then you're working with, once again, working with someone who cannot help but just be who they are when they, and by they, Dakota and Shia coming on to this movie set, maybe already kind of started to build up. And Shia did say that. He said, I get in my own way. He said, I get in my own way and think and follow what maybe I feel like needs to happen. And then he said, Zach would completely buffer him, like buffer him from himself. And it made them be there it made them be present it's they said it made the experience even more real on set on camera because they had to be just they had to be real and you feel that you feel when you're watching this movie and you're you you feel the very much modern day Mark Twain adventure of self-discovery and the love between the characters. I found this also very interesting that Shia LaBeouf said one of his favorite moments was there's a scene where, and as they're going on their journey, you know, Shia and Zach meet up and become, you know, kind of like the two unsuspecting partners in crime. Shia decides that, okay, he meets Zach. He, they instantly have this connection and understanding and he doesn't treat him any differently. He talks to him and treats him as you kind of start to learn Shia's character. T- character. I don't know. It, it came out. The, it, the Jersey accent came out. I didn't put it there. You start to learn Tyler's character and you see that he's just kind of like this no nonsense, kind of no bullshit kind of guy. And he meets, he meets Zach and He doesn't let up. He doesn't let go. He just treats him. He talks to him exactly just like a person, just like a normal person. And Zach, you can feel that instant bond between them. And Dakota Johnson actually commented on that being one of the main themes and kind of experiences of this movie of there's this misconception that every every person with disability needs extra attention and extra care and like they can't live on their own or they can't live their own life or they can't fulfill these great prophecies and lives and journeys and tell these stories and that's a big that's a big theme of this movie of Zach being held back and running in, in, you know, even held back by Dakota Johnson's character out of love and out of protection and meeting up with Shia LaBeouf, a guy who just sees him for as he is, sees him as a brother, sees him as somebody who he's going to get him there because he has nothing else to lose. And you watch them take this journey together, this brotherly love, scenic journey through water, through on beaches, through tundra, through cornfields. And while traveling with Zach, we see Shia LaBeouf's character truly find himself and he's struggling with demons. And we see flashbacks from him and his brother, who's played by John Berthnall, who's also one of my daddies, who I love. John Berthnall was in um, The Walking Dead. John Berthnall is in and plays The Punisher on Netflix give you a little um, mental picture of who I'm talking about 
they play brother. And that was another super cool behind the scenes piece that just made me melt is that that actual role was not casted and they had been filming. And there are quite a couple of scenes where it's flashback pictures of of these brothers and it's Shia and it's John Berthnall. And um, while I was at the premiere, they actually had said that Shia... They didn't want to tell Shia that they hadn't casted his brother yet. They didn't they didn't want to let him know. They didn't that there was nobody really they didn't really have anybody. And then Shia kind of caught wind of it and he was like, "Yo, he was which I can If you if you know Shia LaBeouf, which I don't know, but if you watch interviews of Shia LaBeouf, you can just like he just has this he just is and has this vibe and says and moves and does what he does, but I guess he was like, "All right, uh hold on one second. And he they whipped whipped out his phone called up John Berthnall and was like, hey, what are you doing this weekend? And he was like, nothing. And he, and Shia goes, uh, I have this project and you're it, you're perfect. Are you in? And just like that, John Berthnall was then plays Shia LaBeouf's brother, which pretty much made my life. A couple of other really just little bits and pieces that I thought were really cool. So Zach did absolutely all of his stunts. He insisted on doing all of his stunts there's one scene where there is a jump off of a really high water tower which is a very cute and fun dialogue scene I loved that story about just getting to know once again this character and this guy who pushed the limits and just because once again just because of his disability he did not want that to at all reflect or prevent him from doing and living and being exactly what he wanted to be. The movie itself is wonderful. It's heartfelt. It's warm. There's nothing that gets me more lit and ready than a self-discovery journey picture. Biopic. I keep saying picture. Like a motion picture. <laughs> Because inside of me is a, is a, not middle-aged, is a senior white male who lived in the time when movie theater people talked like this. And everything was a, everything was a motion picture. I feel like that is my spirit animal. Um, That's really fucking sad. Anyways, a couple other little things that I just thought were so... Once again, I love to research and I love to find out how the actors felt during filming, what they were going through, what their process was, what their prep process was. And Shia LaBeouf can just everything I read. And I I, I think I should just probably make this like an I love Shia LaBeouf episode because I don't think I can talk well about him enough. And I feel the entire cast is phenomenal. Dakota Johnson, I have not talked about her enough. And even though I am a very big fan of the Fifty Shades of Grey series, and I will say it, and yes, I do have, and yes, I not do have, I have bought all of them On my Apple iTunes, I actually went out and bought them because I read each book in a day at a public pool. I realized that's weird. I didn't care. She's a great actress, and I actually thoroughly enjoyed her in Fifty Shades of Grey. Even though I was watching those movies and loved the plot for what it is, and how for how lame and how just completely dramatized and that those stories are, Dakota Johnson brought such 
just kind of uniqueness and she's phenomenal and just a really one she's stunning two she just has this really kind of just ethereal vibe about her and hearing her talk about her role and her part and how she chooses her movies and how so what she says and how she chooses, she was asked the same question. They asked her, you know, how do you choose your movies? How do you choose your next roles? And hearing her talk is just, she's not talking for anyone. She's just talking for herself, which I value and think that that's extremely admirable. But hearing her talk and how she said that she thinks that there's just a bunch of women living inside of her, a bunch of different women living inside of me. And I come across roles and I read them and it and it, it it ignites something inside of me. And she said, I just, that's when I feel like I have to go. That's when I feel like I have to follow. And you know what? That shit is cool as hell. I love hearing that. And it makes me so excited and totally nerd out. But hearing that and hearing that she wanted to, the the experience of making movies the experience of making a movie is more than the outcome of the movie itself the experience and the prep work in the month of her and Shia LaBeouf and um Zach Gotsagan just hanging out together getting to know each other becoming best friends so much to the fact that one of their favorite moments one of Shia LaBeouf's favorite moments was they're sitting on this handmade very much Mark Twain raft that they've made and he said that the crew was a little bit far back and they were sitting there together and just being. They said they had talked about everything. They had felt they had they had known everything was out on the table. And they were just sitting there in that comfortable silence that only best friends can sit in. And just in that experience and in that moment, he said that was his one of his favorite moments. And that just about moved me to tears <laughs> because I am an absolute sensitive crybaby who loves to hear moments just like that moments on set that I can remember before going into a scene that moment that quiet right before just the absolute calmness when you have scene partners when you're working with people who you just love and trust so much and that you're so present with and that you you know they're going to catch you and you know they're going to be there for you and you can just be authentically you not even authentically you you can be authentically live and present and living and just charismatic not even whatever whatever it might be in that moment and that's when the absolute movie magic happens people that's when it happens so I think I have gone on a rant long enough about this movie I feel once again obviously if you're still listening thank you so much I highly advise everyone to go watch The Peanut Butter Falcon. It's a great movie. It deserves everyone watching. There's a, It's 95% good and rotten on Rotten Tomatoes. And I just feel, and I just feel, I just felt, you can tell that I'm completely short-circuiting now that I'm nearing the end of my episode and I've completely given my all. I just felt that I really wanted to come on and talk about it and share it because there's nothing I love more than feeling connected to a movie and there's nothing I love more than feeling connected to the story 
behind the actors and the story behind set and the little bit of behind the scenes. And it was so cool for me to be able to go to the premiere and see a movie that might not have gotten a lot of initial media and marketing, but nonetheless, that doesn't mean that it it's not a great movie. And seeing it and seeing it in that cool, fun, intimate, small setting and then being able to discuss it afterwards and hearing first forehand and then me going and doing my little detective work and deep diving and living in and watching and learning about the actors. So cool. And I know that everyone will freaking enjoy it. So that is all for this episode Coming up, we're going to be discussing my favorite British TV shows that you should absolutely be watching right now. That's to come. Once again, if you're still listening at this point, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to even spend it with me and spend it listening and spend it deep diving into um, the world of the Peanut Butter Falcon with me because it was really fun and I enjoyed it. I hope everyone has an absolute great Thanksgiving. If I can give you one Thanksgiving tip, the tip would be, as I've said in, as I've said it, I think, last Thanksgiving on the last Thanksgiving podcast, something that I do well and something that I will continue to do well my whole entire life is when you're waiting for Thanksgiving dinner, I don't want you to think twice. I don't want you to feel like you have to wait for the elderly or wait for the children. If somebody says that it's time to eat, and nobody makes a fucking move for a stitch of a plate, a napkin, a fork, or anything. And if you're standing right there, and if you've given it a good, I'd give it a good, like, five count, eight count, maybe, if you're being nice. Because people are ready. People are hungry. People are vicious on Thanksgiving. They're ready to eat. And if you don't see anyone making a move for anything and you heard the dinner bell and you're standing there like me waiting for the dinner bell and hawking and circling the island and eating every single appetizer and every single bit of antipasta that's available, um, I know that you're in the same boat, and I know that you're also questioning your moral compass, and I want you to know that you are not alone, and that when the dinner bell sounds and nobody runs, you bet your ass you're going to be first in line, you bet your ass you're going to get your plate, and you're going to enjoy yourself. That's my rule, that's what I do, and I stand by it and I live by it. And if that's my one piece and parting gift of, of Thanksgiving wisdom, then so be it. Thank you all for listening to Mad Yet Mighty. I'm your host, Megan Cipollone, and I will see you next time. <music> <laughs>